payroll has gained a seat. And I think it continues to gain clout. And I think it's important that payroll professionals aren't afraid to say, look, I don't think this is a good idea because it has an impact on people who are our most critical component to this whole thing. Welcome to the Payroll Podcast, the show that explores the latest insights and innovations in the world of payroll. I'm Nick Day, founder of JGA Recruitment, a specialist global payroll search firm. I'm also a qualified executive coach and a recognized Reward 300 member. And my goal for this show is clear, is to bring you expert guests and payroll leaders who are driving this industry forward. From cutting edge technologies and trends to compliance, analytics, automation, leadership strategies, and more, we're gonna cover it all on this show to help you to deliver accurate and timely payrolls across your organizations. So let's join together in raising the strategic profile of payroll worldwide. Grab your coffee or your favorite beverage, and let's get started. Payroll recruiters. And today I am bringing you an absolute global payroll expert to the show, Kira Rubiano, who is Vice President of Global Payroll at Atlas HXM. Now, I first met Kira at the annual APA Payroll Congress back in 2019. It was just after she'd won the prestigious Global Vision Award. It was face-to-face. It was in the States. It was a really exciting time. So really, really exciting for me to welcome you back to the show in virtual format now, post-pandemic, because that was, of course, pre-pandemic. And uh, it's been really exciting for me because Global payroll has been absolutely thrust into the limelight since we last met. We've seen payroll finally getting the international recognition it deserves from senior stakeholders. And Kira, for those that aren't familiar, she well, she has over 15 years experience in global payroll, managing cross-cultural payroll operations, managing large cross-cultural teams. Um, in fact, I would say she's one of the most renowned global payroll subject matter experts working anywhere on the planet right now. Um, She's managed global payroll operations in Europe, Latin America, Africa, Middle East, Asia Pacific, and you'll soon discover she's extremely passionate about international business, global payroll, and making it as effective and, um, I guess, as compliant and as brilliant as it possibly can be. And in fact, as you will discover, if she doesn't mention it herself, I'm going to bring it to the fore now, Kira, from the age of just 14 years old knew that she wants to work for a global cross-cultural business. She graduated from university with an international relations degree and international law minor before she found herself working in global payroll, where she spent the rest of her career progressing right to the top of the profession. Um, she's remained in global payroll ever since. She's fully immersed in the sector. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome Kira Rubiano to the Payroll Podcast. How are you feeling today, Kira? Very honored and humbled. Can I bring you with me everywhere I go with with that introduction? That was incredible. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. You're so kind and, and I'm so happy to be back, um, being here in front of you and being able to, to really spread the passion for global payroll, as we always say, hashtag passion for international and passion for payroll. Um, Really, you've done an immense job of elevating payroll and global payroll for the industry. So thank you for that with your podcast, with your amazing song, um, with the work that you've done to support companies and professionals in recruitment and helping 
and helping find the right fit. So thank you so much for that um, on behalf of me and, and I'm sure other payroll professionals for, for continuing to elevate how important and critical payroll is to the world. Um, as we would say, and I, I believe you did this podcast several years back, that without payroll, there would be anarchy, right? Uh, or a zombie right. apocalypse. I zombie think it apocalypse. was. That's absolutely right. You remember well. You remember well. Yeah. yeah so. I actually use that so many times to remind my teams how important what they do is to the world, right? Because without professionals who manage payroll, there would be global anarchy. There wouldn't be a way to feed your family necessarily, right? There would be chaos and who knows, maybe a zombie apocalypse as that outcome. So so thank you for that because I use it and I quote it very, very often. Um, Definitely there's been some tremendous changes, uh, you know, throughout the world over the past three years since we last spoke um, at Congress. And it's been amazing to see the community really come together and actually rely on each other during a very difficult time, emotionally, physically, mentally, to, to continue to keep the world paid um, when, when things were uncertain and, and things were very, very challenging. So um, here we are today, and, and I'm super excited to be able to chat with you and, and, and talk about what new things I'm doing and, and the wonderful organization I'm a part of and, and what we're looking to do um, for the industry and the world. Amazing. Well, I, what I'll quickly do just to bring people up to speed on the apocalypse thing. So there was a podcast that I started to record, which was all about what would happen if there was a, a, a mad kind of uh, apocalypse, for want of a better word, virus that hit payroll professionals across the globe and no one who knew anything about payroll could process payroll anymore, what would happen next? And it was a show we started to record. But of course, then the pandemic hit and I felt it would be inappropriate to release a podcast about a virus when there was a real virus going out. So we never actually got released. Maybe I'll release it another day. It's been fully recorded, uh, but never never seen the light of day. Uh, maybe it will one day. But you're absolutely right, right? It's um, it, The pandemic has actually shown and thrust payroll into the limelight. We now see how important it was. And that really brought global payroll communities together. We're going to jump right into the detail for global payroll in just a minute. Before we do, though, Kira, let me ask you this question. What does the word payroll mean to you? Payroll means livelihood. Um, I think it it is a lifeline for people, right? Um, it's a very important lifeline. It's a very, um, I always say it's a sensitive subject, right? Because nothing short of perfection um, is acceptable when it comes to payroll. And therefore, payroll professionals and practitioners take their job extremely seriously because they know the downstream impact and the human impact that it has. And so we, we, we value tremendously doing our job well, making sure that it's done accurately and compliantly, most importantly. And that at the end of the day, people can, can really live their lives um, and support themselves and their families. So, so if I would have to sum it up, payroll is livelihood um, to me. It also is opportunity. I think for me, it's given me tremendous opportunity um, uh, throughout my career, and I'm super grateful for that. And I'll be honest with you, I always tell this to up, up and coming professionals, I say, nobody teaches you that this is a career option. <laughs> like when you go to college or university or uni, like my student um, advisor never told me that 
this is a career that I could fall into um, or that I could do or I can learn about. And it's something that I just by pure chance just fell into because um, my original professional route was headed towards United Nations track. That was my goal. Happened to fall into payroll and, and fell in love with it because it satiated my desire to work internationally and cross-culturally. And I learned so much, just a tremendous amount. Like you never stop learning in this industry, you never stop learning. And I think my uh, ability to mentally challenge myself every single day to problem solve, to learn about the world um, has kept me really, really going, and which is why I say opportunity, because it does create immense opportunity for people who choose to stay in the industry and evolve in the industry. Yeah, totally agree. You, you, you touched on something then, which I absolutely love. I don't think I've heard this response. We've recorded over 100 episodes of this show, but no one's ever said there's no margin forever. And actually in payroll, there isn't. There's margin for errors in so many other professions, but get payroll wrong. And as you mentioned very eloquently there, is it absolutely impacts the financial health and well-being of the employee that's, that's at the, the wrong end of that, right? And that can be catastrophic for them. It could be, in their mind, the difference between fight and flight, survival and non-survival, and we can't get it wrong. And I think you made that really, really clear for the listeners, I hope. But one thing I would like to question on the back of that then for you is a, a lot of people listening to this may be familiar with their own local payrolls. And the same rules apply. There's still no margin forever. But the complexities must in my opinion, must elevate, must must really be, be magnified somewhat when we talk about a global payroll op- operation, which goes across cultural boundaries and, and different laws and regulations. For those that perhaps don't currently operate a global payroll and they're, they're localized in whatever country they may be in, what's the main differences that they may not be aware of between a local payroll and a global payroll? That's a really good question. Uh, And what I would say is it's like apples and oranges. They're both fruits, but they're different, right? And so no no two countries are the same. Uh, Every single country, unlike when you look at like accounting, right? There's global standards for accounting. Um, There's global standards for financial reporting. Whilst there's standards for payroll in the sense of you want to get from a gross to a net, right, at the end of the day, and you want to calculate taxes, um, and what's the take home cash, the way to get to that point varies significantly across every single country. And so what I've always told individuals that are looking to get into global payroll is you have to take your either US centric or UK centric hat off and say, just because it's done this way here, does it mean it's done this way in other countries? So being aware of differences, being willing to learn about why that country does things the way that they do, whether it's there's barely any taxes in that country, there's 50 different taxes in that country, there's, you know, a a significant tax burden, a small tax burden, there's different requirements in terms of reporting, um, compliance, execution, registrations, it could vary like all uh, significantly between country to country. Just be open-minded and say, okay, I'm willing to learn. I accept that there's differences and I will um, be able and, and be open to making sure I understand why that is so that I could be successful if I am tasked with managing a payroll outside of my local payroll. So it's really being open-minded 
and being willing to learn um, and recognize that there's going to be differences. Um, but that's the beauty of it, I think, is, I think is you really get to understand um, countries. You've made that sound very simple. The open-minded bit I can get, and that's go. I'm open-minded. I can do global payroll, but actually, I think we know how complex. Well, I know how complicated global payroll. I know you do, obviously, the the front end of that. It's fraught. It's fraught with risks of non-compliance. We know there can be really lengthy processes for successful integration and and process. It is particularly complex. That's not to say local payrolls are not complex. But we are we are we are we are magnifying and and um, multiplying is what I'm looking for multiplying that complexity because we're now doing it across multiple jurisdictions, multiple regions, multiple languages. I know you're multilingual yourself. I even saw that you spoke Russian, I think, as well. So there's there's lots of different languages in there which you probably come become useful. But when we think about all those things, then what are the key risks that a global professional, pale professional, really needs to be aware of? when they are potentially expanding into new countries. Now, post-pandemic, to reference this, a lot of companies have suddenly realized they can hire from any people from all over the world. Now, that's a relatively new, con- it's been going for years, but as a global phenomenon now with many businesses doing it, it's really been thrust into the limelight that actually, if I need talent, I can go anywhere for that. But what are some of the risks associated then with that complexity and with that expansion? Yeah, so I'm going I'm to try to, and peel the onion a little bit, because I think where we have to start is say, what are the pillars of a, you know, a compliant payroll, right? The pillars are proper and compliant entity and employee registration. That's one that goes for anywhere, whether you're in the U.S. or in South Africa or Argentina, you have to make sure that your entity is compliant and registered and that you have the ability to register your employees. Obviously, accurate processing. So your gross to net, your calculations, your pay slips, that's pillar two, making sure that it's done right as per local regulation. Three, timely payment. So how do you move money within a country based on local laws and regulations? Uh, Countries have different mechanisms for what's required in terms of how you pay local currency, where you pay from, when that's paid. And the last pillar is uh, payroll filing submission and managing your tax payments, right? So if we look at all of those four pillars that are critical anywhere you are in the world, the challenge is how do you, and the complexity of it, what does that mean in every single jurisdiction, right? What kind of registrations do you have to have in place? Well, how do you calculate the taxes? How do you move your money? And how do you ensure that everything is filed and declared properly? So your challenges are your risks, because the minute that you get one of those pillars wrong is the minute that you have risk, right? So when you go global, Um, you inherently have higher exposure and risk because you're having to maintain those four pillars, right, in every single jurisdiction. So what mechanisms are you applying to ensure all of that is done and done well so that you mitigate those risks? And that's where it becomes extremely challenging for companies that are not well-informed or people who are embarking on this because they might not know the requirements for money movement, that they might need a local bank account, that they need to uh, not only maybe register an entity, but also have a local representative who represents that entity that you didn't think about, that, you know, your funds have to originate from a local bank account and not from outside, that you have to register your employees before their start date and before they show up to work, that they have to go through medical checks before you can even start paying them. So all these different nuances contribute to those four pillars. 
And that's the risk because those are your challenges as well. You felt uh, something right at the end there, an interesting question that popped into my head. And I, I'm, mm-hmm. I haven't done this as a business, but I'm sure there must be businesses that have done this. They've gone, you know what? I found an amazing individual. They're based in, pick a country, let's say Poland, whatever. I've hired them. They're joining us. And I've done all that without any of that setup. So what are the risks associated then? If I'm a, as an entrepreneur that listen to this, mm-hmm. there are business owners, there are CHROs that listen to this show who sometimes will make quick decisions because they don't want to lose out on key talent. And we know there's a global shortage of talent, not just in the payroll industry, but beyond beyond. You make that decision to hire, but you haven't done all of that set up in advance. What are the potential ramifications of making such a decision? Have you come across that yourself? Have you seen business owners or, or leaders do this in the past? This has been going on probably for, for many years. Okay, so it's not a new right? thing. Companies, it just popped into my head when you mentioned it. I think with COVID 100% that, that kind of approach, maybe it's the approach to talent, skyrocketed right because now everyone was more virtual you have tools that allow you to work virtually better right than zooms the teams um the slacks of the world um that really allowed for that sort of remote virtual work to truly expand but companies have been operating i think under that like oh i found somebody let me just you know, hire them or pay them, or let me send somebody to another country because they're going to be doing this, you know, work that that isn't new. Um, and throughout my career, I've seen that often. There's, there's two major risks to that one, uh, and often is not thought about companies who do make that decision is the risk to the employee. So if, if you don't have a mechanism to payroll an employee compliantly, they're not protected they're not protected by the country and the social system that operates under that country, right? So one of the biggest um, discussions I've had with customers before is, you know, we 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 want to hire them and we want to pay them, but I said if something happens to this individual before they're registered locally with the social security office or with you know um, health insurance, they're at risk. They're not covered, right? Because they're not employed. And they're not covered on, and, and you're not covered as an organization because you haven't done the registrations. You're not registered in that country. So now there's risk to you should the employee, let's say, take action against you, right? Because you haven't done the due diligence and the needed to make sure that you're a registered employer in that country as well. So the, uh, the risks are one to the individual because you don't want to put that employee at risk and, and suddenly something happens and they have to go on maternity leave or sick leave or workers comp or whatever that may be. And they don't have any protections, right? They're vulnerable. Two, you're vulnerable against the actions that the employee may take against you. And not to mention the actions that the tax authorities might take against you as someone who's, you know, paying individuals, but not paying into the tax system um, in that country. So those are, those are very real and inherent risks that companies have to be mindful of when they are vying for talent, right, is what are my solutions? Now, one of the newest solutions, um, and it, I would say not new, but kind of skyrocketed over the past a couple of years is EOR, right? So um, employer of record. And what EOR has allowed uh, many companies to do is to say, okay, well, if I don't have an entity registered in that country, what are my options to really ramp up and, and get quick to, to hire talent that I've discovered? And how do I protect that talent? 
right? And protect myself in the process. And in EOR has truly been that solution because it allows companies to seek out talent in jurisdictions where they otherwise wouldn't have. So creating opportunity for them to compete in a global market. Um, it allows the talent to also open up their career doors and go outside of their you know, local jurisdiction and work for companies that are international. And it does so in a compliant way by saying, look, and uh, a direct UR like Atlas who run who has its own entities in every single country and is wholly responsible for the full compliance end to end when it comes to payroll benefits, uh, legal uh, employment, as well as tax and accounting. We have to make sure that those entities are fully compliant. We hire on those individuals who are then protected, right, under us, and we also protect the the company and the employer because those protections are now guaranteed in a compliant way through that EOR process across 160 countries. So those options are now available so that uh, businesses aren't making impulsive decisions. Um, They're thinking through and saying, well, what are my options if I'm not going to go the route of establishing an entity or a permanent establishment? And that option could be EOR depending on what their short-term goals are, their long-term goals are for that jurisdiction, how fast they want to ramp up. Um, And of course, most importantly, always keeping compliance at the forefront. Um, How do we do it compliantly so that all parties are protected? So just just thinking, uh, checking I understand this correctly, I'm a payroll professional listening to this. I've got a domestic UK payroll because I'm in the UK now. Maybe it's even me and I want to open up an office in the US, for example, or maybe I'm a UK payroll that's suddenly got a US payroll thrust upon them. Because we've got to get those checks in place, I could actually engage Atlas XCM, like you guys who've got compliant in 106 plus countries, and you can make sure that that then works compliantly, that you've got the checks in place, so we can onboard those people quickly in a new jurisdiction. That's effectively how it works. It allows us to scale very quickly, workforces in all those countries. That's 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 pretty slick. Um I guess a question I have on the back of that is, you, you talked about this earlier, about having a, a need to be open-minded to working global payroll. Now, you may be the exception to the rule, Kira, or maybe I don't know, but I would imagine being able to remember compliance across 160 plus countries, the regulations and all those things must be almost impossible. So what, what kind of mindset is needed to successfully navigate the complexities of a global payroll operation? Is it about mindset or is it about really detailed policies and procedures? Is it a bit of both in your mind and your experience? What makes a, the mindset of a, of a great and successful global payroll professional? I think you hit the nail on the head. There's, there's a couple of things. There's mindset, right? So being open-minded, willing to learn, really understanding the requirements and complexities and it's education, right? What There's so many resources available out there for global payroll, who anyone interested in global payroll, such as GPMI, GPA, um, yourself, um, uh, other LinkedIn communities, other individuals who are going through this thought leadership groups that will allow somebody to really start educating themselves. But the one of the most important components is having a trusted partner, to be honest with you. So you know, you need that, those feet on the ground, right? Those individuals that truly understand what it means to hire, employ, pay, manage individuals in those jurisdictions. Um, And that could be, 
an organization like Atlas, or it could be a local accounting firm, it could be a global accounting firm, but people who have done this and know what they're doing and can uh, basically give you assurance that they can execute whilst you learn alongside them what, what is required. So open mindset, uh, education, uh, and really working with a trusted advisor who, who has done this before and continues to do it every single day with those boots on the ground, really being able to give you that assurance uh, that this is how it should be done. And this is how you know, we, we will encourage you and we will hold your hand through the process to make sure that everything's compliant. And correct me if I'm wrong here. So if we're talking about trust the partners, as you mentioned, a couple of options there, really then that's about being able to delegate, right? And I'm not saying it's delegate within your team, but it's delegate to a different resource. And I think that throws up a question for me. And I, I'd love to get your take on this. When I started in the world of payroll, which was 20 years ago, yourself 15 years ago, right? In this industry, when I started, I'm sure it would have been the same for you. It was a very, very transactional department, right? Often it was, you know, it certainly wasn't as global as it is today. Um, to often based within within finance, kind of hidden away at the back, dealing with pay, paying people. Now, I know I'm leading you a little bit here, so please don't feel like you're being led, but I'd love to know your view now is, do you see payroll as a transactional function or a strategic function or somewhere in between? Really good point. And I fully agree with you there. Uh, there's, a, there's a saying, payroll's last to know, right? I'm sure we've, we've heard that before. Yeah. When any, anything's going on in the company, uh, in terms of big strategic initiatives, whether it's acquisitions or expansion or other types of uh, major decisions that impact a business, th- there was always a saying, and I know for sure, uh, payroll is the last to know. So they didn't find out until the acquisition happened, until the company goes, hey, we just hired, we opened an entity in Ireland and here's yeah. you know 30 people that you got to figure out. I think that mindset has changed significantly where payroll is now gaining a seat at the table as truly one of the critical uh, uh, stakeholders in the process when, when companies are making decisions, whether it's to acquire, whether it's to expand, whether it's to maybe... Um, you know, downsize the business, whatever that may be, payroll professionals are gaining a seat at the table and are being heard. And I I even see that from my own experience and working with many customers throughout my career in different organizations is that these are people who who have a, a voice in the business and they're helping drive the business in terms of, you know, for example, if a company is looking to expand in certain jurisdictions, uh, they need to know what the costs could be for them, you know, France versus Hungary, let's say. Yeah, Payroll sure. would be a critical component to that, making sure they understand, well, our cost to doing business from an, oh, you know, a staff perspective is going to be this much in this country, that in this country, and that helps drive a lot of decisions, right? Um, or what have our experiences been um, in terms of payroll processing? How difficult is it? to register employees? How difficult is it to terminate employees? That's going to drive a lot of decisions. Or what's the best practices, right? When we're looking to, let's say, acquire a company, how much lead time do we need to take over the payroll? So these are all kinds of like different types of questions that only payroll would be able to answer. And they're critical um, to a business, right? Especially in a global market. Um, And so I do feel uh, strongly that payroll has gained a seat and I think it continues to gain 
um, clout. And I think it's important that payroll professionals aren't afraid to say, look, I don't think this is a good idea because it has an impact on people who are our most critical component to this whole thing, right? To any strategy, it's it's the people. Um, so I hope that continues. I, I do think there's still some gains to be made and sure. uh, hopefully they will be, I think over the next five to 10 years, I don't doubt we're going to be seeing payroll professionals as really drivers even of strategic decisions um, that are being made in businesses. I think think the delegation piece for me is a strategic mindset. So to delegate to what partners, how do we delegate? For me, that's a strategic initiative, but also everything you've summed up there is all kind of ties into feasibility analysis for businesses. Is it feasible to go here? Is it feasible to go here? Well, how's it going to impact? And they're all strategic things. I think you've had, you know, you've articulated that brilliantly. And I think that's a really exciting you put it, but it made payroll sound very exciting there for people coming into the industry, right? It's it's no longer a ceiling of just, you know, it's not just about getting people paid on time. It's about whether, you know, you can look at payroll now and payroll can have be a driver to knowing where and how a company scales and grows and engages its employees. And um, I think you made that really clear. Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. There's a a question I had to ask today and I, I had to throw this in. It was a question for me it wouldn't have been right not asking you this because I'm just personally curious for want of anything else. When you're managing so many perils as you have throughout your entire career, particularly now 160 plus countries, we know that every country has its own regulations, requirements, reporting standards, infrastructures, practices, cultural obligations and nuances and things like that. Maybe it's never happened to you, but I'm kind of hoping it will because I'm interested to know. Mm-hmm. What happens when something gets thrust upon you as a challenge, which you just can't really, or maybe you can predict in your world, or maybe you need to in your world, I don't know, but mm-hmm. such as, you know, you, you're running a payroll for a country and there's a natural disaster that just means something can't happen or there is whatever it is, you know, I'm not talking about an apocalypse necessarily, but, you know, the entire infrastructure is 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 down for whatever reason, there's power cuts or how does that impact or has that ever impacted the world that you're doing? And how do we prepare for that? If we're working in global payroll, when you've got countries in some very remote locations, I presume this is something we actually very realistically need to prepare for. Yeah. So that's a very heavy question. And, and I'm going to try my best to answer it in, 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 in several sure. different ways. So uh, I have been very fortunate throughout my career to process payroll on every single continent, uh, with the exception of Antarctica, but I think we'll get there very, very soon. Uh, <laughs> 100 percent that that would be a breaking day when there's we'll have a show specifically on antarctica payroll that'd be great i love that who who gets there first (laughs) uh and every single like i mentioned earlier not just every single continent but every single country the the spectrum of what can go wrong 
is is significant. Um, sure. Things from maybe uh, an issue with a filing or a registration or a payment or a natural disaster or a strike, a coup, which happens uh, oftentimes. And so the, the key to being able to manage those, um, I would call them like uh, maybe potholes on the road, right? Those bumps that that could hit you hard, but then ultimately, hopefully you drive past it and your tires don't blow up and you don't stall completely is is making sure that you're uh, preparing in advance. So for example, what happens if um, power goes down? Does the partner that you're working with in that jurisdiction, do they have continuity to be able to continue, right? Do they have a generator? Can they cut over? Will they move to mobile device? Like what you can ask those questions of, of, you know, the providers that you're considering or working with to say like, what are your continuity plans? I've experienced everything from natural disasters to coups to COVID, I think was the biggest test of continuity. I think for the, for all payroll professionals. And what did we learn? I think what we learned is it's not easy right? When, when you're trying to figure out how do we continue business as usual. Um, and there are lessons and takeaways that we all learned during that time, for sure. And we implement what we've learned during these challenges um, in how we operate and work going forward. So we knew that, for example, having uh, documents only on servers was not the best thing because if the server goes down, you don't have access to any information. So we moved to the cloud, right? So now everything's on the cloud. We learned that you should have cutovers in terms of your technology and being able to work. So now we have, you know, hotspots on our phones in case power goes down. So there's all these different things that uh, companies and professionals have adapted to, to be prepared for when things do go wrong. I also always look at a situation as follows. You can never fully make sure that nothing will happen. Okay. It's impossible. When you're working, even if it's just in the country that you're in, let alone in the globe, there's always going to be something that's going on, something that's happening. But you always have to have a mindset that every problem has a solution. So how do you think creatively? And if maybe you don't know, there's always going to be someone you can go to, whether it's your trusted partner, whether it's someone in the community um, who can give you some advice. But you always have to keep a mindset of, "This this is an issue I'm facing, a pothole. How do I get through it? And how do I learn from it so that going forward, um, I'm not going to face the same issue again? And I've been able to do that having worked in every single continent to say, okay, I faced this challenge in Africa. What did it teach me, right? How do I apply those learnings now in other parts of the world so that uh, we don't maybe it's make the same mistakes or we don't encounter the same challenges? But you're always going to face that. It's just the nature of the beast. They're always going to do yeah. it. It's just what you do to one, prepare yourself and two, how you get through it and, and work your way through those challenges. What I absolutely love, and hopefully this is resonating with the people listening, right, is if we go back again, we, go, we rewind, we think about payroll, we thought it had to only apply to people that had skills in numeracy and it's an introverted profession and it's a reporting mindset. 
actually now, but though we're trying to encourage more people into this industry, like we need to do that because it's an exciting career, as you mentioned right at the beginning of the show. But actually, it's not about just being numerate. It's about having an open mindset, having a creative mindset, being able to think on your feet, sometimes slowing down to speed up, understanding a problem, engaging stakeholders. I mean, what looks you've made for me, you've made the profession sound engaging. Well, it is engaging, exciting, lots of layers of complexity. We know from our own research as a recruitment business now that there's over probably when I lasted it six months ago, there were 60 different career pathways. I suspect there's almost 100 now in that short six-month period. I think there's even more, a plethora of new payroll opportunities that have opened up even since then that we're now recruiting for. And I think that makes it really, really exciting. Um, and I think you, 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 know, you really brought that to life a little bit for me because I think we often come into the world of payroll or we look at payroll or certainly people outside of the industry with a limiting belief of what payroll is. And I think what well, you just mentioned there, you know, dealing with a coup, how do we handle this? You know, what are we going to do, guys? We've got a, a queue going on. We've got to pay people. What? How do we? How do we navigate that? How do we think laterally? And that, you know, I'm not saying that's a good problem to be dealing with, but it does show the levels of complexity that we need to be able to apply if we want to be successful in global payroll. And I think that's really exciting. And I think people coming into or coming out of university or not quite unsure where they want to go in their career, I think you've you've made it very clear. Then you can work on every continent. You can deal with a whole multitude of cultures and challenges and we can navigate those so yeah you know i'm just summarizing what how that resonated with me so i hope that resonated with everyone else that may be considering operating a global payroll of course you work for a global payroll provider now in atlas xm so tell me a little bit more about how it feels to not just process payroll for multiple clients across 160 countries but even from how you're set up that must be interesting as well because you've got your own global workforce to play as an in-house payroll as well and Tell us a little bit about your business and how, how that's how that's set up. Yeah, and, and, and thank you for asking that. So I've traditionally worked for global payroll outsourcing, meaning these were my customers' clients and we serviced them throughout the world managing their payroll. The big difference that uh, is now at Alice is, is, yes, these are customers that we're supporting with their talent, but these are now my employees, okay? Yeah my employees, because they are reported under our entities all over the world. So the stake that I have in the game is even more intense now, because I have to make sure that our employees are paid timely, accurately, and compliantly um, all over the world. And so that is that is something we don't take lightly. Um, it's extremely critical uh, for us to be able to do everything we can to support not only our own internal talent, but also our customers' talent, because um, they are our employees at the end of the day. Yep. And I would say, I think that level of you know, care, and support is critical in the EOR industry, especially. Um, so knowing that the company that you have partnered with has taken a super vested interest, right? And that interest is these are our employees in, in making sure that everything done is done correctly and compliantly is really, really important when considering this option because there are other companies that outsource that, right? The employment to other agencies, or maybe they're just not as vested because it doesn't ultimately impact them um, overall. And I'm very fortunate to have a very talented, large group of payroll professionals all over the world um, who are supporting their respective regions and making sure that all of our employees are processed um, as per local law and regulation and who are very well versed in that regulation, as well as 
how to manage, you know, gross to net and, and pay slips. Um, we also partner with a lot of local accounting firms who help us with filings and submissions on the ground and supporting that. So we have a very robust um, and great structure that sets us up for success to be able to manage all of the employees that we have in every single country, which um, every single month I'm amazed at how we do do it, to be honest, sometimes, because I always say it's 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 so many dots on the map, <laughs> right, that you have yeah. to manage and balance and, and somehow um, by great technology uh, services, processes and team and talent, we are successful and able to do that. And I'm very grateful to be able to oversee that and, and really be the leader for that and implement the best practices that I have learned throughout my career. Um, here and continue to learn even from my team as well, because they have, they come with their own wealth of knowledge um, and experience that I'm learning from them as, as I go through it. Amazing. I, what I love about it, and maybe I'm biased because I'm an entrepreneur myself, I've got my own company and we're not international yet. Watch this space. Maybe that'll change in the future, but it's companies like Atlas that are allowing businesses like mine, entrepreneurs that want to try and grow and scale to do so confidently and quickly and compliantly. As you say, used to work for global pearl providers. Well, on that basis, I would need to first go through all those checks myself and then outsource it. This is the other way around. Mm -hmm. This allows me to do it straight away. Tomorrow, I could phone you guys up and say, I've got two employees I want to hire in Holland. And you can Mm -hmm. say, right, they can come through your entity. They're your employees, but it allows us to get set up and allows us to scale. And I think that's... um, I think that's a phenomenal service. I know it's still a relatively new concept for me, Mm -hmm. but it's great to see it out there. And I think what's really um, encouraging is seeing the passion behind that service, right? Just looking after those employees. looking, And I think payroll people have this generally. There's a real compassion for people that work in, people that work in, tend to be very compassionate about the people that they are responsible for. And you mentioned it very early on. There's no margin for error. We know that often the buck stops with payroll. They get the financial bit wrong and the house of cards can start to fall down. So we've got to make sure that we are as compliant and as empathetic and as um, robust in the way that we we manage that process as possible. And it sounds to me like um, that's something that gives you a lot of passion and energy in in the role that you do. Um, I guess it leads me to ask a question. So what is it about, what's the, what's the most enjoyable aspect for you in payroll? What is the thing that really, really, I guess, gives you energy in, in your position? So honestly, for me, it's being able to work cross-culturally I absolutely thrive on the ability to have communication and contact with people all over the world, um, to see people, you know, in their own respective jurisdictions, being able to make an impact that for me has been a a tremendous reason why I've stayed in the industry. The other is really learning about the world. Um, It's amazing how much you actually understand about countries when you get to understand why payroll runs the way they do in terms of their tax systems, um, their, you know, uh, working uh, lifestyle, right, in terms of um, the work hours and compensation and things like that. So for me, it's learning, continuing to learn about the world, and it's having those connections with people all over the world that gets me up every single morning, because I'll be honest with you, I'm as much as it's ironic, I'm not a numbers person. I'm good at numbers, but my passion has never been numbers because I wanted to do international relations. Um, so people. it's people. Yeah. <laughs> it's people and it's the world. That so comes through. That comes through. Yeah. 
what's what's super ironic and my, my husband is in finance um and he's a super like numbers person he's always looking at it now don't get me wrong i've processed enough payroll in my day to know how to reconcile and do gross to nets and know when when something's off but numbers is actually not my number one passion my number one passion is um communicating with people around the world and, and really getting to know them and understanding um uh what what makes the world work the way that it does. And, and Global Payroll allows me to do that, which is why I've truly stayed committed to the industry, um, passionate about it, and, and hope to continue to now mentor others who are interested in, in, in the career in Global Payroll or who have just commenced their career. One of my main goals is to truly have them kind of take the baton forward um, to make sure that, that we continue to drive the industry forward because we need those individuals to take that baton. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, a kudos to everything you've just said. So just to make this really clear for someone, we've, this is an international show, 46% of our audience are based globally, right? So it's worth mentioning. Maybe I'm a payroll manager listening to this right now. Maybe I'm, not, I'm an entrepreneur based in another country far, further afield. And I'm thinking, you know what, I've, I've wanted to scale or I've wanted to launch a new operation in a different country. What would typically be the, the process that need to go through then for yourself, Kira? You get a call tomorrow from an equivalent of me somewhere else saying, I want to hire these two employees very, very quickly and simply. What would be the roughly the process to, to get them onboarded with, uh, with Atlas? And thank you for asking that question. I mean, right away, we would put you in contact with a representative in your region who would be able to understand your needs, what your timeframes look like, what your requirements look like, and really start working on proposing a solution for you in terms of how fast, um, how quickly we can get you ramped up and ready to hire that individual so they can hit the ground running, really walk you through what the process looks like in terms of um, our onboarding procedures, um, our standard you know, business operations procedures, what to expect, what the technology looks like and how it can support you, um, what service offering we provide in terms of, you know, benefits, um, visa mobility, which is a huge uh, pillar of what we do by even if you wanted to, let's say, relocate someone from the UK to Dubai tomorrow, what does that look like? How can we help you manage the work permits and authorizations to do that? So it's really about understanding what your needs are and then tailoring a solution around that in terms of how we can support you, always keeping, you know, uh, always knowing that speed to ramp up is critical, right? Yeah. And want to get you there as, as fast as possible. And then from there, once, you know, everything is said and done and, and we have an agreement in terms of uh, a SOW and a contract, then things progress, um, getting you set up on the technology and getting all of the requirements needed to get your employees up and running and registered <laughs> in that country, uh, benefits set up and, and getting their payroll really going and configured so that we can pay them as fast as possible. Amazing. And it's worth adding for anyone interested in finding out more that, you know, the services don't stop at payroll, do they? It's a single platform that talks about helping companies expand, onboard, manage. It's not just about paying people. It's about that whole onboarding employment contract piece. So if people do want to find out more, uh, there is a link in the show notes. It's atlashxm.com. Um, you can go straight to the show notes and click through to that if you want to find out more. But um, wow, you've really brought the world of global payroll to life. And as you say, it's about people. I'm telling everyone, payroll now is at the heart of employee engagement. It absolutely is. We've got to consider financial wealth, uh, sorry, health, not wealth, or both, I guess they go combined, financial <laughs> yeah. health, which links to wellness and well, you know, well-being and mindset and all those things. But if we get that first bit wrong, 
everything else falls down, I think payroll in the future has an well already does have a huge role to play in that in that relationship with employee engagement and employee wellness. So uh, I think you've really brought that to life today. I'm going to quickly open the uh, the payroll vaults, which are three short, sharp questions for you, Kira, if you don't mind. First question is this: one piece of advice you would give to someone working in payroll right now? Don't be afraid to expand your horizons. Even if your company isn't necessarily looking to expand, it would do you a great service to understand, well, if they do one day, what do I need to know? So get yourself subscribed to the different associations that are globally minded from uh, for payroll professionals. Start reading some articles, connect on LinkedIn, because it's never too late, because you don't want to end up being in a position where suddenly tomorrow somebody says, make it happen and you don't know so so don't be afraid to start learning about it now because it, it that global expansion will not go away having workforce around the world is always going to be present and it's going to continue to increase so be get prepared for it Super. Be prepared and don't be afraid to connect. Absolutely right. We've been connected ever since we met, right? The APA, and it's been it's been great, and it's amazing where these things can lead. Uh, second question: If you had the power of foresight and you could change the entire global payroll industry with one action or one improvement, what would that action or improvement be? Um, automating the filings systems around the world, <laughs> getting away from physically handing documents that need to be stamped because. Um, that uh, increases visibility, accountability, and transparency when it comes to, to how governments operate. Um, I think the UK has done a tremendous job, Ireland, uh, Brazil, in terms of automating how they manage filings and submissions. I would love to see more and more countries move in that direction, particularly in, in exotic jurisdictions, because that then gives a lot more assurance to employers and companies operating in those jurisdictions that everything, they could see it right? They can access a portal, they can submit a query, and it's right there. Um, so that would be the one thing that I would want to change. Nice. Now, well, I'm going to add a little add-on question then very quickly. If, if, just in your experience, 160 plus countries at Atlas alone, what's the most complex country for you? What's the one where you come and you go, oh, oh no, that's a complex one. We'll do it, but it's it's a toughie. I know I know, I know. know some countries, I know even in some states, for example, in the US, I think it's is it Pennsylvania, that's 247 different types of legislation alone. But what is, um, yeah, what's the most complex country for you? So traditional, there's always the traditionals, right? People always say France, Brazil, uh, Italy, the, those are the ones. And the reason for that is because there is a lot of um, different types of taxes, re registration requirements, complexities around collective bargaining agreements. So those haven't changed for me. U.S. 100% is a bit of a minefield sometimes because I always tell people every state is like its own every country. So how do you yeah. navigate that? But there's different levels of complexity for me. Um, you know, when I look at the management process, Afri Afri most African countries present, um, are a challenge because of sometimes lack of infrastructure or lack of clarity around tax rules. So that's complex in its own way. How do you manage and navigate that when things aren't necessarily like fully written out? And then there's you know the, the France example, which is just lots of different taxes and requirements and things like that. So I would put it on a bit of like a spectrum in terms of, of what does complexity mean to you? right? Because um, the whole world is complex. But when you break it down, there's different reasons why certain 
jurisdictions are just complex. Right. I'm going I, I, I to push you a little bit though. So I'm going to relocate. Yeah. What's the one country you do not, and you're going to do my payroll. Where's oh. the one place you do not want me to relocate to? Because it's just going to be a nightmare. Maybe it's Antarctica. Uh, we'll discover. Maybe. Antarctica. Yes. There you go. Because I don't know what to do there. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere else, if you come to me, I'll give you insight. All right. I'll, Antarctica I'll let you know what is. the text looks like, but you're absolutely right. What, what I don't know is in Antarctica. Perfect. We've come full circle. Love that. Love that. Well, listen, last question in the vault is uh, if payroll, a bit of fun. If payroll was a song or a movie, what song or movie would it be and why? Payroll, your song. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, Payroll, my payroll career. (laughs) That's it. Because we all love payroll, right? We love payroll. Yeah, I am the biggest proponent of that song. So My Payroll Career by, by, was it by Nick Day? Was it by you? It was by me, yeah, Nick Day, that's me. Written by Nick Day. Yeah, there you go. I'll take that. It's the best answer anyone's ever given to that that question. I should ask it more often. Listen, Kiri Biona, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. For those that want to find out more, there will be links in the show notes to Kiri's LinkedIn profile. There's links in there to Atlas's Facebook page, Twitter page, Instagram pages, and of course their website as well, which just to remind everybody is atlashxm.com. There are some resources on there. There's actually interviews and blogs written by Kira herself, which you can access as well and have a read at your own leisure. So if you're interested in finding out more about global payroll or about the services they provide go and check it out there's loads of resources there for you even if you're not looking to, to, to engage the services you'll certainly learn something about global payroll from the content that kira right here has brought to you the show today so always get in touch with kira as well and of course if you're a payroll leader listening to the show anywhere in europe in particular then we can support you with your payroll recruitment requirements here at jj recruitment do get in touch either myself or any of my wonderful team at jgarecruitment.com that link will also be in the show notes or you can reach out to me directly at nick at jgarecruitment.com as well. Just leads me to say one more huge thank you to Kira for joining me on the Payroll Podcast. I look forward to bringing you the next episode real soon. Thank you, Kira. Thank you. That's all for this episode of the Payroll Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and gained valuable insights and inspiration to advance your payroll career or your payroll operation. If you haven't already, please, please do subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode. And if you found this podcast helpful, please take a moment to leave us a little review on your preferred podcast platform. It's your feedback that really helps me to improve the show and, of course, attract new listeners so we can continue to raise the profile of the payroll industry for all. Finally, if you know anyone who could benefit from this payroll podcast, please do share it with them. Let's spread the word and build a vibrant community of payroll professionals worldwide. Thank you, of course, for listening. My name is Nick Day. Please do look me up on LinkedIn and send me a connection request. In the meantime, I look forward to being with you again on the next episode of the Payroll Podcast real soon.